helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Sometimes people reveal more than they intend to by what they say or do. Whether it's the arrogance of believing everyone should think like they do or the hubris of believing they are beyond any consequences for their actions, the dropping of pretense and exposing their goals can be useful information for those who like to think independently. Examples of this peek behind the curtains are everywhere, from education to healthcare, law enforcement to politics. However, simply knowing what is going on is not enough. For that knowledge to be turned into power, we must do something with it. I know, it's scary. I've been through it myself. But if we wish to return to the land of the free, we must once again become the home of the brave. And we must never forget the adage attributed to Edmund Burke. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I am so glad you could join me today as we will be looking at a little peek behind the curtain, look at some hubris, look at some arrogance, and then decide what can we, the people, do to deal with this. And I'm going to focus a lot on that, the need to do something. Now, I don't know if it's just my nature or it's what I've been dealing with a lot lately in in a lot of the comments and questions I've been dealing with, but I see a lot of people that think that knowledge, just knowing something, should change the world. It's potential energies, not real energy. I know we've all been told knowledge is power, but that power doesn't mean anything if you just leave it where it is. It's like a battery, right? You find a battery. That battery may have power in it, but it doesn't do you any good until you stick it into something to operate, whether it be a a phone, a, a radio, a flashlight. That power, simply stored and encapsulated, doesn't do you any good. The same way, knowing what's going on, what's going on behind the curtains, is doesn't do you any good, doesn't do any of us any good until we use it to make a change, until we use it to help educate our neighbors, maybe engage them to desire to do something as well. It is the doing, not the knowing, that changes the world. A perfect example, we can see this, has to do with uh, the the Secretary of Education, Michael Cardona, uh, by the way, an illegal office for an illegal department that does not legally exist. Let's go on. So he was doing an interview, uh, I think it was last week, with the Associated Press. And he made a couple interesting statements. The first statement makes sense, right? I've never seen it where it is now. Uh, we used to be able to have conversations around what's best for kids. And, and that's true. I remember when we used to have conversations, when parents were engaged, parents were involved. And, uh, you know, I, I remember... You know, as a child, we used to have parent-teacher meetings, and and uh, my mother actually volunteered a couple of years in our public school. But the problem we're dealing with is um, parents are being concerned about what's being taught in school. 
And I think they have good reason to. But here's the interesting one. Here's where that curtain slipped just a bit. He said, I respect differences of opinion. I don't respect people who are misbehaving in public and then acting as if they know what's right for their kids. Did you see the slip? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The great has spoken. You see, I agree. Uh, people should not be misbehaving. But the question then becomes, well, wait a second, what, what, is, what is misbehaving? What's misbehaving in public? When he says people who, who say they misbehave, he says they're misbehaving in public, that are standing up saying, wait a second, what you're teaching our, our children is wrong, and, say, and acting as if they know what's right for their kids. Oops. You're telling me you don't believe parents know what is right for the Now, again, 99% of the time, parents are right. There, is those, there, are, there are those outliers. The problem I have is what's referred to as misbehaving is standing up to elected officials that are supposed to represent the people that are not listening to the people and what they want their children taught. This is the reason why the federal government was never supposed to be involved in education. It's too far removed from the actual people that are supposed to be involved with it. There's a reason why the the Constitution never authorized the federal government to get involved in education. There's a reason why, and we see it here. We now have a Secretary of Education. I agree. You don't don't assault people. You uh, uh, You don't act criminally. But I disagree that simply uh, um, challenging the decisions of the quote-unquote experts and those on the school board is misbehaving. No, that's placing our children's rights above your petty politics. And Mr. Cardona, if you truly respected differences of opinion, would you not be supporting the parents that are bringing those differences of opinions to the school board? Isn't that the way we, you would want people to approach? Say, wait a second, this is the school board. You've approved this curriculum. This curriculum has pornography in it. Um, no, we don't want it. Not in our schools. Oh, you won't let our kids, you won't give us the opportunity to opt out. No, that's unacceptable. No, you're introducing racism into the, you're training our kids to be racist, to judge people based on race. We don't want that. Isn't that the place to bring that up for? is to first go to the school board and say, no, you, you work for us, not Mr. Cardona. That's the peak behind the curtain. See, they don't believe, it appears that um, he doesn't believe the parents know what is right for their children. So what is the action? What action can we take? Well, here's my recommendation. Now, my daughter's never went to public school. Uh, she's an adult. She doesn't go to school anymore. But here's the recommendation I would have for any friend or family member that approached me and said, what should we do? Uh, what I would do is I would print out copies of the Supremacy Clause, Article 6, Clause 2, and the Tenth Amendment, and I would take it to a school board meeting, and I would say, look, this is, this is the Constitution. It's the supreme law of the land, Article 6, Clause 2. It says that you know the, law, the Constitution, the laws of the United States made pursuant to the Constitution, and the uh, treaties made under the authority of the Constitution are the supreme law of the land. The Constitution says a power not delegated to the United States doesn't belong to them. And if you look now, show me in the Constitution where the Federal Department of Education, where education regulation is a power delegated to the United States. You cannot find it. 
Therefore, ignore what Secretary Cardona says. Ignore the Department of Education. And in fact, even better, stop taking the bribes from the Department of Education. You want us to give up money? No, I want you to give up a puppet. A puppeteer with his hand in your back telling you what to say because, well, we, we can't go against the, the Department of Education. We lose our funding. Stop taking the bribe. What do we have to do to stop taking the bribe? I'm still waiting for somebody in some school district to do this analysis of what it costs them to fulfill federal education regulations compared to how much money they actually get from the Department of Education. But you see what happens when the, the, the curtain slips and you see behind the curtain and all it is is a petty little tyrant with an illegal job. And oh, by the way, um, when you bring the uh, 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 when when you when you bring the the the, the stuff to the school board, the the supremacy clause and tenth amendment, I would also recommend you bring. Uh, there's a quote in Federalist seventy eight I use all the time about uh, unconstitutional acts being void. Um, I've also, by the way, I'll sometimes use Marbury versus Madison or Ex parte Seabold or Norton v Shelby County. These are all examples of how. The Department of Education, the the legislation that created the Department of Education is void because it was an unconstitutional act. See, that becomes action. Now, are people going to get upset about that? Oh, yeah, probably. But all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. If you do nothing, you are helping to encourage evil to triumph. Now, here's another example. There's this, all right, his dude, his name is, is, is Gina, and uh, he declares himself as non-binary, which already tells me this man has mental problems, right? And, and, hey, you don't want to have sex with anyone, that's your business, uh, but this, this non-binary, pretending that you're not a dude or a chick is just stupid. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Now, he apparently has written a book uh, where you've got a a boy who identifies as a, a girl, and uh, for some reason, guess what? Parents are not happy with it. They say, "No, this is this is inappropriate, especially for young children." Of course, this this aggravates Gino. Um, in, in, in an interview, he said, "Quote: Parental rights really anger me because what about human rights? People who are under eighteen are human." Well, he's absolutely right, but people under 18 are not mentally developed enough to understand a lot of what you're throwing at them. Uh, how young to you is good enough to start to, is, how young is old enough to be talking about sex? By the way, Gino, what gives you the authority to determine what is most appropriate for a child? A child. Children are not fully developed mentally or physically. Now, they develop over time, but you have you don't have a clue what some child is psychologically and emotionally prepared to deal with. The fact that these that, that we have wackadoodles that like you that exist may be a fact, but guess what? The idea of promoting it as this is normal? No, that is not a human right. Now you have a human right, you have a right to publish your book. Absolutely. I don't have any, I don't, I, I, no constitutional issue against you. Uh, your, what I do have is taking a government entity, as in the schools, 
to force that ideal down the throats of children uh, in opposition to their parents. See, that's what aggravates me, Gino. The fact that you're trying to sexualize children and you think you have the right, you have the right to actually tell parents, you can't tell me what, what I can tell your children or not. I bet you if Gino ever grew up and had children of his own, and people were coming to his children expressing ideas, especially young children, that he found antithetical, he'd be upset too. See, this is the, the arrogance of, I know better than everybody else. You're not allowed to make a decision. I know better than everybody else. What do you do? Well, you point out Gino's arrogance. You don't believe people should disagree with you. You don't believe parents have the right to, uh, con to uh, 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 control the upbringing of their children. What if it was your child? What if it was somebody in, in, in you? What if one day you have a child and, and they're in school and someone is sexualizing them at an age you think is inappropriate? Would you react to that? Do you believe that if you were a parent, you would not have the right to oversee the education of your children? I somehow truly don't think you would be, you'd be quite as happy if someone were doing to your children what you're claiming to want to do to other children. You want to write your book? Be my guest. I have no problem with it. The, but to say to, the, to parents that children, especially captured children, as in, in the school, public school system, must be exposed to your filth because that's what you want? Uh, no. And uh, by the way, Mr. Mr. Gino, if I were to come to your school or your place of employment and force you to read the Bible, I bet you would be really, really, really upset with that. If I were to force your children, if you were one day again have children, and I were to come in and force them to read the Bible, I bet you you would be really upset with me imposing my ideas on your children while you're trying to impose your ideas on other people's children. See, this isn't hypocrisy as we normally use it. This is a, a level of arrogance and stupidity that, um, I, 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 again, I think is truly, truly dangerous. And when I use that word stupid, it's, I use it specifically because it comes from Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity, where he says, uh, against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protest nor the use of force accomplish anything here. Reasons fail, fall on deaf ears. Facts that contradict one's prejudgment simply need not be believed. In such moments, the stupid person even becomes critical. And when facts are irrefutable, they are just pushed aside as inconsequential and incidental. In all this, the stupid person, in contrast to the malicious one, is utterly self-satisfied and, being easily ir irritated, becomes dangerous by uh, going on the attack. For that reason, Greater caution is called for than with a malicious one. Never again will we try to persuade the stupid person with reasons, for it is senseless and dangerous. Now I'll give Gino here a chance to, to avoid falling in the stupid pit. But if his argument is, I don't like it, well, too bad. I will not give up my rights or my children's future because you don't like it. That is stupidity on the highest level. and. I don't have to listen to it. 
Now, listen, I have to take a break before we go on to some more examples. Before I do, though, please head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. Uh, especially check out the boot camp. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash boot camp. And I've had some issues with people signing up. If you do, please let me know. Uh, but we've got people starting to sign up for the boot camp. And yeah, it's a one-hour video and a test. And it's the entry point to the Patriots program. If you find that interesting, give it a try. And And again, the Patriots program, I got a bit of a delay on it. I'm hoping to have it ready by the end of the month. So it should be ready next week uh, um, for, for people to actually start getting notified if you've passed the test. And we'll have other educational and other services there. Of course, at the main website, you can always sign up for a newsletter or any of the mailing lists. Hey, you can ask a question. I'm still looking for more questions to answer right here on the radio. And uh, if you want to support the work that we're doing, that would be great. Now, there's one other thing you want to consider is, are you getting a good night's sleep? See, sleep is crucial to good health, and a lot of people try a lot of different supplements. Uh, certain supplements, hormonal supplements like melatonin, well, they can disrupt your hormone cycle, and they can actually, well, they can cause you to become dependent on, on the, 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 the melatonin. Now, the wellness company has a product called Restful Sleep uses all natural ingredients like, like chamomile and, and passion flower and valerian root to help calm you, to help uh, 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 reduce the stress so you can get a better night's sleep. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your products at the wellness company. You can even get 25% off your first month membership if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please, go to the wellness company. You can find out more about it on americaoutloud.shop. Make sure when you check out, you use that code out loud. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your products and 25% off your first month of membership. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some. But millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. 
Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. If you join the Constitution study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach, rise, generation, be free. And today we're taking a look behind the curtains. We're, taking, we're looking at examples of when information or or something was exposed and then how do we take that knowledge and use it what do we do with it to make our lives better i i started of course dealing with education we had the the, the secretary of the department of education and uh, his belief that um you know he doesn't really like parents that think they know what's right for their kids especially if it gets in the way with what he thinks they should be doing uh, I dealt with the one author who thought that, you know, p- that the parental rights anger him because, well, he thinks he knows what's best for their children to to, to learn. And, uh, well, let's continue this this education theme, but in a slightly different direction. Anybody here remember things like the CARES Act, uh, the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act, or there's a mouthful, uh, the American Rescue Plan? Yeah, those those five trillion dollars in appropriations, illegal appropriations, because it didn't involve paying the debt of the United States. It didn't involve the general defense of the United States. And it wasn't for the general welfare of the United States. This money was used to, well, bribe people and bribe industries. I mean, there's no, I don't want to put any lipstick on this pig. That's what the money was used for. Take, for example, of that $5 trillion, $76 billion was handed to colleges and universities. Now, I'm wondering, why did colleges and well, not just any colleges and universities, colleges and universities that already had pretty substantial endowments? Now, there's an article, uh, it's originally from the Daily Caller, and they talk about, um, See, some of the money went to the University of California system, the University of Texas system, Texas A&M University, uh, and all this information was, was obtained through the Open Books website. Now, here's the interesting, or I should say the, the Open Books group, but I think they got it from the website. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, the Daily Caller is focusing on the fact that um, many of these universities already had extremely large endowments that... Uh, you know they've already had they had money to draw from to me that's i mean that's just a a, a classist attack but okay they're they're will do that what do i see 
I see government actors, I see collectivists bribing their base. Because let's face it, where do you find collectivists? Marxists, Maoists, Leninists, take your pick. Well, there's generally three places you look for. You look at the coasts, you look at state capitals, and you look at university cities. If you've got large colleges and universities, or you have a state capital, the odds are uh, uh, it's going to be populated with Marxists, leftists. I mean, here I am. I'm in middle Tennessee. Tennessee is a very conservative state, but about an hour away from me is Nashville. Not only is it the state capital, there's a lot of colleges and universities there. It is a very, you know, quote-unquote progressive, Marxist, Leninist, collectivist city. Um, so, you know, when you look at colleges and universities, they're the target animal. Now, here's what's interesting. You have the federal government giving them money. Um, did the federal government force them to shut down? Did the federal government steal from them money? In fact, many of these universities, when they went to remote learning, did not refund any of the tuition to the students who had paid full price to have an in-person education, and they were denied that. They were fraudulently uh, uh, charged full price for a for not getting the full uh, for what they paid for. Not only the universities were not did not refund most ones I know refund that a portion of their tuition. Now they're getting money from you, the taxpayer, to help keep them up and running, to help bribe them. Because again, you bribe them, they have more government focused policies, more more collectivist programs. You get more push towards the the progressive democratic. Uh, if you want to put a political spin on it, right? it, it promotes it promotes the Democratic Party. They're the collectivist party. Put whatever other label you want on them. They're about collective rights, collectivism, and voila, we'll just keep them happy by throwing money at one of the greatest sources of their members. So what can we do about it? Well, there's a couple things we can do about it. Uh, first of all, obviously, I would hope that you would contact your your member of the House of Representatives and make sure they did not vote to uh, bribe the Amer- the the these universities with American taxpayer money. Um, it's not there. Even if these schools put in policies that cost them money and put them in financial trouble, it's not the federal government's job to jump in and protect them. So you have to ask them. Wait a second. Did you vote to steal from the American people? You embezzled money to embezzle money from the American people to keep these groups alive. If so, why should I vote for you again? You're just going to rob me again. I'd also like, you know, might might want to point out that not only did the federal government offer this money, but many of these colleges and universities took this money. Right? Again, okay, you see, you know, University of California is one thing. We're talking about University of Texas, Texas A&M. Now, are you an uh, is it are you an alum from one of these universities that took the bribe, maybe you should say, I'm not going to contribute to you until you return the money. Are you a a student or do you have a child that's a student at one of these universities? Maybe you should find a better university. Because if the university is taking this money, what are they teaching your children? They're teaching them to take bribes to the federal government, to be dependent on the federal government, and to promote a collectivist agenda. 
See how doing nothing allows evil to thrive? If we do nothing, then you're taking taxpayer money to fund uh, uh, politically partisan uh, institutions to indoctrinate children to perpetuate the collectivist model. Maybe we should stop doing this over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Okay, so that's from the donkey side. What about the elephant side? Uh, uh, the, the chairwoman of the House Education and Workforce Committee of Virginia Fox, uh, she's had some pretty harsh words to say about uh, the higher education in the United States. Uh, she said, uh, the, tensions is, uh, the tension is at the heart of state, United States politics. Have institutions, including the university system, been so thoroughly captured by anti-American, illiberal ideology that government must step in to restore viewpoint diversity, free thought, and free expression? All right, if, if red flags are not going off at the moment, then either you haven't been paying attention to what I've been saying, or you kind of missed the point. So on the one hand, yes. Uh, uh, universities, colleges, universities, uh, many institutions have been taken over by anti-American, illiberal ideologies. But if you're talking about government trying to fix it, government is the biggest, largest institution that has been thoroughly captured by anti-American, illiberal ideology. You're literally talking about putting the fox in charge of the hen house. Now, what is Ms. Fox's solution to all this? She said, if colleges and universities cannot safeguard diversity of thought through their students, among, I'm sorry, among their students and faculty on their own, then Congress may look to where the law could assist institutions in upholding First Amendment rights. Uh, excuse me, Ms. Fox, have you read the First Amendment? It says, Congress shall make no law regarding the uh, abridging the freedom of speech. Um, you're talking about making a law that's going to tell colleges and universities, private institutions in many cases, um, what their speech, what speech they have to uh, uh, allow. You are literally talking about violating the First Amendment by use, by, in an attempt to uphold the First Amendment. Now, in a situation where we're dealing with publicly funded institutions, again, federal government shouldn't be funding these institutions. So there's problem number one. How about you get the federal government out of this nonsense? But there's more. She goes, committee recommendations include institutional disclosure requirements, adoption of free speech statements, and prohibitions on the free on the use of political tests. Again, tell me, Ms. Fox, where in the Constitution are you authorized to create such laws to regulate education? The answer is, you're not. It's not in there. But that's why I want to open, I just want to take a peek behind the curtain. She's actually going to use the, she wants to use the Congress, her committee wants to use the Congress to do what they're complaining about, and that is establish speech codes. Now she says, adoption of free speech statements. Free speech statements means absolutely nothing. Uh, again, prohibition on political tests. Define a political test. We're talking about the federal government uh, regulating what it's not supposed to regulate. And there's a reason why it's not supposed to regulate it. But rather than seeing that and saying, hey, maybe what we should do is get the federal government out of this. Because whenever you put government in an institution, it politicizes it. How about we get the federal government out there? How about we just stop funding these colleges and universities? 
No, that's not her point. Her point is to get government more involved in these colleges and universities. Now, I find some of her suggestions maybe less offensive than others, but it's a matter of degree, not of difference. It's a matter of difference. Are you gonna are you gonna wade into the 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 three foot end of the pool, or are you going to dive into the eight foot end of the pool? What you have are politicians making political statements in order to control and regulate our education system. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Or in this case, the woman behind the curtain, who wants to do the exact, again, I, I, I applaud her desired goals, right? Yes, free speech, uh, open ideas. But again, if it, unless it's a public college university, well, first of all, federal government has no legal authority to regulate education. Period. End of story. Second of all, when you're talking about free speech, the First Amendment prohibits Congress from making laws abridging the freedom of speech, not colleges and universities. And we're back to you know if if the if you want to get political thought out of uh, educational institutions, get politics out of there, which means get the politicians out of there. This is why I say a pox on both their houses. So let's continue with some of this free speech thought, but leave the, the academia and let's head to the Federal Bureau of Intimidation. Uh, Solicitor General for the Department of Justice, Elizabeth Trelegar, uh filed in a court filing back in, uh, earlier in September, said the FBI successfully convinces social media platforms to remove online speech about a, at about 50% of the time. Now, you did hear me say that she was a solicitor general for the Department of Justice. See, this court filing was uh, uh, an argument in support of the Biden administration's request to the Supreme Court to extend the stay on the injunction blocking the federal government from encouraging platforms to censor. Oh, yeah. She says, you know what? The FBI gets about 50% of the time, the FBI convinces, <laughs> intimidates the social media platforms in censoring information. That's a reason why they should be allowed to do it. But there's another line here, and, and I don't know about you, you're going to love, I love this one. She goes, and it is far-fetched to conclude, as respondents do, that some of the largest and wealthiest companies on the planet, represented by highly competent counsel, would be coerced by general answers to questions about potentially legislative uh, potential legislative changes at press conferences or in cable television interviews. Well, what about the uh, the 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 uh, consequences of telling the FBI no? What about the consequences of being uh, maybe you'll be investigated? That, that, that certainly has never happened, right? They, the, the FBI has never investigated people that were political opponents to the current administration. They've never intimidated. The only thing far-fetched is that she could say, she could make such a statement with a straight face. Now, again, what's interesting, she said, you know, the potential legislative changes or, or cable television interviews. That's not what's getting these companies to do this. These companies are doing this because the FBI, the 800-pound 800 800 federal law enforcement gorilla, says, do this, and if you don't do it, they get uppity. 
they get cranky. How do, why is this taking so long? Why is this not done? We have evidence to that fact. And in her mind, it's, it's, it's far-fetched to believe that large companies would be intimidated by the largest institution in the world, the federal government. A government that not only has law enforcement powers, but an unlimited budget to to uh, 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 prosecute or to, uh, uh, to to sue somebody they disagree with. Nah, that wouldn't intimidate anybody. Oops, we got to peek behind the curtain one more time. And of course, that's not all with the FBI. Right now, the FBI is being sued. Why? Well, because they seized the contents of safe deposit boxes belonging to a couple that included uh, 110 gold coins, and um, apparently those coins magically uh, disappeared. You see, at first the FBI said, uh, no, we have no coins. We're no coin. No, we don't have any coins. Well, then the legal team for the people who had rented the safe deposit box found out, oh, yeah, they did actually have 47 of the 110, leaving 63 coins worth almost $125,000 magically disappeared from the FBI. And there's a similar situation with another uh, family, again, storing silver in cash, where after the FBI raided the boxes for uh, apparent looking for contraband, suddenly a valuable material is gone. So I wonder why would, would a large corporation be worried about the FBI by saying about saying no to the FBI. I have to take another break before I go though. You know, I go to buy americaoutloud.lose every day for news and information. You should do the same. But as I'm saying, knowledge is not power unless you put it into action. So take the, what you find there. Take those articles, the podcasts, the stories, the videos, share them. Put this information, put this knowledge into action. And that's how we help secure the blessings of liberty. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study today. We're taking a peek behind the curtain. Now, again, sometimes people are very nice. They, they, they don't hide what their plans are. They're straightforward and, and, and upfront. You know, like uh, Mr. Biden here. When I came to office, this nation was flat on its back. I knew what to do. I vaccinated the nation and rebuilt the economy. So he's taking credit for performing the largest mass medical experiment in the world's history. Well, that's right. Remember, the quote-unquote vaccines he's saying he used against the entire nation have never been certified by the FDA. They're in the license. They're an emergency use authorization. They are, by definition, an experiment. Curtains open, ladies and gentlemen. Another four years, you get more experiments on the American people. And he, he, he rebuilt the economy. So in his mind, the economy means higher inflation, uh, lower uh, workforce participation, lower median, or I should say real incomes. That's what he wants. It, it, those are his own words, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he wants. That's the goal he has put in place. Are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? They're right, it's right there in front of you. And he's proud of it. Now, whether or not that impacts your decision for the presidential race in 2024 is a whole other question. But I want you to notice here, right? What do we got? Oh, I'm, you know, I, I, I've, his goal is to turn the American people into political and medical guinea pigs and to basically spend us into oblivion, borrow trillions of dollars every year to bribe his political supporters and run the American people into bankruptcy in the poorhouse. If that's what you want, voila, you've got the candidate to vote for. That's just, if that's what you want, if you want a totalitarian tyrant that believes in suppressing information, that believes that traditional Roman Catholics are, are potential domestic violent extremists, that believe you should never be allowed to question an election where a Democrat run or won, it's right there. Just choose it. But again, we've got even more examples. So uh, the Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Lapado, or Lapido, uh, listen, I've agreed to a lot of what he said, but again, every so often we get a peek behind the curtain. Uh, he was talking about uh, the FDA and uh, the, the fact that they are approving the, these COVID-19 quote-unquote vaccines without sufficient clinical trials. Uh, and in fact, they're using old clinical trials to justify uh, the decisions they're making today. Uh, and and in, in this speech, in this talk, he, he ended up with an, what I found to be an interesting quote. 
He said, it's like they're just let go of the steering wheel in terms of abrogating their duty to actually protect human beings. Now, you may say, well, yeah, Paul, yeah, except the FDA doesn't have a duty to protect human beings. The FDA does not legally exist because regulating food and drugs is not a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, the legislation that created the FDA is unconstitutional. And as I've already pointed out, unconstitutional acts are void. It's as if they never existed. Those are not my words, ladies and gentlemen. They are the words of the Supreme Court in the case Norton v. Shelby County, where it said an unconstitutional act is not a law, confers no rights, imposes no duties, it affords no protections, it creates no office, it is in legal contemplation as inoperative as though it had never been passed. So here you have a state surgeon general that says, well, we're just going to bow to this, this is this FDA, and hey, they're not doing their duty. Well, guess what? It was never their duty to begin with because the federal government's not authorized to regulate food and drugs. Now, I'm sure if I were to sit down and have a talk with, with Dr. Latipo um, and, and explain some of these, he might recognize and understand. But that also means, again, we're looking at a at a state surgeon general that believes that the FDA has a duty to protect human beings when the Constitution says, no, they don't legally exist. I wonder, does that would that lead Dr. Latipo to um, taking certain positions because of the FDA said so, and those positions are wrong? How much damage was done because state health departments followed the FDA. And then we find out later that, oh, by the way, they never did, they, 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 the, 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 Pfizer admitted they never tested the, their quote-unquote vaccine for efficacy. We have more than sufficient evidence that they were never tested properly for safety. In fact, when they started the safety trials, they intentionally destroyed the safety trial by getting rid of the uh, placebo group. And these are the people that Dr. Latipo is trusting? How many public health agencies, how many businesses, corporations took advice from an entity that does not legally exist? And as we learn more and more about how unethically they took their illegal, their illegally assumed duties, why are we still listening to them? Why are we paying any attention to what they had to say? See, I see a lot of people that look at this and say, see, the CDC and the FDA, they failed us. They never should have been there in the first place. The failure was ours when we allowed our representatives to create these illegal, unconstitutional, and void agencies. The failure was also ours when we listened to these illegal, unconstitutional, and void agencies. In fact, you can go back for however many years that the FDA and CDC have been in existence. We, the people, never authorized the federal government to do this. And we're now seeing behind the curtains of just what a political monstrosity these supposedly public health agencies are. 
I'm sure down at the working level, the vast majority of people are interested in the public health. I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but the agencies are led by politicians. Do you know how I know that? Because the classification as a federal employee is that of a political appointee. That means you got your job because of politics. Therefore, it seems reasonable that you keep your job because of politics. That makes you a political animal. And since you are leading these agencies, that makes these agencies political public health agencies. Let's be honest about it. These are political agencies making political decisions. Would you like more proof? Uh, let's see, Director uh, Dr. Mandy Cohen, she's now the director of the infamous CDC, and she was asked about schools that are instituting mask mandates. Her response, was it, she was asked, was this a good policy? Her response, we want folks to be reacting to what they see on the, what they're seeing on the ground in their community and making sure they are protecting themselves. Masking is one of those solutions that folks could choose to use to protect themselves from the virus. Yet there's ample evidence that masks do not protect you from any respiratory virus. The, the few studies that say it does are anecdotal at best. I remember the first one being, uh, was it the CDC, as their test to see whether or not masks were effective, they had a, a single, singular, one, a salon with two hairdressers that tested positive for COVID-19 and none of their, uh, uh, none of their uh, customers did. And they happened to wear masks. And based on that, they said, masks work. Then again, you look at the actual scientific, where you know, let's do studies, let's do randomized studies, let's do control group studies, let's look at the actual data, says, nope, this stuff doesn't work. Even the CDC owns testing, says the masks do not work. Even N95 masks, which if worn properly, do help a bit. I think they're like 65% effective, but they come with their own costs. You have the 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 lowered oxygen levels in the blood. You have the the reingestion the the ingestion of um, bacteria and fungus that gets trapped inside the masks. The CDC themselves says masks like N95 should not be worn for extended periods of time. But here you have the director saying, "Oh yeah, wear masks." Even though we know they don't work, even though we know they're dangerous, even though we know that it doesn't protect you, she's lying to the American people. And it's right out in front of us. And what are we doing about it? How many of you have a sheet of paper or taken the sheet of the one from my website? You go to constitutionstudy.com, look for Knowing Your Rights. I put together a placard that shows that uh, the CDC doesn't legally exist. So that when you ignore what they say, you because you've, you've done the research, when someone challenges you on that, you can show them that the CDC cannot force you to wear a mask. They cannot force a private organization to wear a mask. And no public entity can force you to wear a mask. It's actually a violation of the Constitution. It's a, it, it's a denial of your right under the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. Fifth Amendment for the, for the federal and the state, the Fourteenth is state only. 
but it deprives you of both liberty and the property you have in your body without due process of law. How many of you have done that? I know very few who've done, who have. I have. It's actually been fun occasionally having, having that in, and, and using it. Now, here's one other little twist for you. And again, I'm asking you, is the, is the FDA actually worried about protecting the American people? There is a growing list of um, additions to uh, food sources for our food. Um, there's an Israeli company now that they're trying to bring an mRNA vaccine, in this case, to shrimp farming in the United States. The, the, this gets added to uh, shrimp are, are simply the latest. There are more and more animals. Where what they're doing is taking mRNA-based vaccines and apparently putting them as a coating on the feed so that when the animal eats the feed, they get the mRNA vaccine that's now part of their tissue. Now, is this safe? Based on what? Because the FDA said so? We've already seen that even with injectable vaccines, they haven't bothered testing them. Not, not legitimately, not scientifically. We're supposed to believe that they've actually tested these uh, vaccines and food supplements? How do you know that the food you're eating isn't effectively giving you a vaccine? I wonder, maybe your next shrimp cocktail, maybe adding stuff you hadn't thought of to your body? And of course, these, MR, these mRNA vaccines are already being used in pigs. I am so glad. I don't buy my pork at the store. I have a farmer, and I know what goes into the pigs. So when I eat the pigs, I know what I'm eating. Now, according to the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, these mRNA vaccines are not currently licensed for use in U.S. beef cattle, but really, do you expect it to be very long? Do you really think an FDA that has abrogated any responsibility, they've gotten away with, with uh, in many cases, harming the, Amer the releasing harmful toxic material into the U.S. food into the U.S. A population, do you really think they're going to be upset about putting it in the American food supply? What can you do? Well, as I already mentioned it, I don't buy meat and pork. Beef and pork I don't buy from the grocery store. I have a farmer, someone I can talk to, and I know what he raises his animals on, so I know what I'm putting in my body. By the way, if I can find chicken, I'd be doing chickens as well. I'm still looking. I imagine shrimp and seafood would be a bit harder, but again, it's not simply the knowledge, knowing that the FDA is going to allow possibly poisons into the system, untested vaccines, uh, improperly tested vaccines into the food supply. They've done it before. Why would we not believe that they're going to do it again? Who are you going to trust? I mean, I've heard plenty of people talk about regulatory capture, where, where large corporations basically control some of these regulatory agencies. The problem is those regulatory agencies exist in the first place. If they weren't there to capture, we wouldn't have to worry about it. But Paul, then how would we know if our food was safe? Um, well, you could have state agencies doing this. If the Constitution of your state allows it, the state can do it. And by the way, that means if another state decides that one thing is is safe and you just your people don't like that you can you can date you can change that if if new york and california wants this mrna vaccines but you know texas and tennessee doesn't 
well, then we don't have to deal with mRNA vaccines. Sure, it may be a bit more work. It may even cost a little bit more money. But are you really willing to trust that a federal bureaucratic politicized agency isn't going to introduce contaminants into the food supply because it meets an agenda? They did it for the vaccine. They lied about the vaccine. They they did it. You know how they've done it before. Why would we not believe they will do it again? See, the interesting thing about looking behind the curtain is, yes, you gain knowledge, but that knowledge must lead to action if it's going to mean anything. It's that battery, right? You find out that the FDA is doing this, and okay, that's the the battery. Um, what are you going to do to make sure that the energy in that battery does something? Until you plug it into a device, until you turn on that flashlight, that battery, the energy in that battery isn't useful yet. It's potential, but it's not useful. It's the same thing here. Look at all the, the peaks behind the curtain we've looked at today. That is potential energy. Will you put it in action? That's the, that's the question. Will you put it in action? Now, if you want some more battery juice, if you want some more information, I hope you'll join us here for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, please join the podcast. All the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio, and you can listen on your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews. That's how other people find the Constitution Study as well. Now, you can find all the links. You can get the knowledge you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But don't let it sit there. Share it. Use it. Use that knowledge. Turn it into power. And by doing so, you help share the blessings of liberty. 